It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're doing whatever, good morning, good day, good evening. What did I forget the taglines? Oh, God. Today's show, she's brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.southneighborhoodpizzeria.com. I'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. And today's show is also being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of it right now. While you're watching or listening to this show, just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. And uh, quite honestly, uh, the uh, halls of fame, the boxing halls of fame, I say halls, because uh, not only the International Boxing Hall of Fame, but that other one, it's, it's a joke, but nonetheless, the Bare Knuckle Boxing Hall of Fame, uh, both have... Uh, Tom Molino's place in history incorrect and uh, my book uh, uh, substantiates my point and if you don't know what I'm talking about get a copy of the book hey if you want a signed copy don't worry about it visit our website billycboxing.com and click on the book if you want to get multiple copies which I strongly recommend uh, just drop me an email billy at talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g Com. Yeah, I'm sick again. You can hear it in my voice. Uh, my nose, she's a stuffed, and that's a big problem with a schnoz like I got, you know. And uh, my uh, my twote, my twote last night, oh, God. I was like, is this what strep throat is? Which I, I don't think I have that because it's not as bad today. But uh, this year, man, is it so bad with the, with the flu and the colds? I mean, geez. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine one time. And uh, he's like a, you know, his background, he's like a scientist, you know, he uh, studies uh, all kinds of stuff. And he says, you know, we're talking about you know, a real depressing conversation about, uh, you know, humanity and blowing each other up and destroying the planet and all this stuff. And he says, you know what, to tell you the truth, he says, a nuclear war is not going to wipe out humanity on this planet. He says, uh, you know, some sick guy isn't going to wipe it out. A war, we're not going to wipe it out. He says, some small little bacteria 
is going to wipe everybody out someday, you know, and I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know what? I think he's got a point. I've never seen as widespread flu and cold as, uh, uh, as it's been happening the last few years. But uh, nonetheless, this is a boxing show. Let's talk about that. Uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, uh, we got an update on Amir Khan. Uh, we got uh, some discussion I want to talk about about uh, a guy that uh, just was signed by Samson Boxing, uh, a uh, young fighter, 20 years old, um, another uh, six foot seven uh, fighter. But 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 here's the catch: this guy's a junior middleweight, not a heavyweight, a junior middleweight. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later. Um, but uh, the main topic today is uh, it's officially official. Triple G Canelo 2. Triple G versus Canelo rematch, if you will, is officially official. It is set, as we all knew, uh, for uh, Cinco de Mayo, Saturday, May 5th. Uh, and uh, uh, the uh, venue has not been uh, officially, officially announced uh, but it looks like it's going to be in Vegas, and uh, they will be uh, letting uh, us know uh, in the next few days. But one thing we do know, it will be on HBO pay-per-view. Joining me right now to get his uh, thoughts initially is uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? Uh, it could well, be better, man. Good. I got a little cold again, man. You know, it's like... Uh, what the hell? I thought I, I thought I shook it after. I think it's. I'm going to call it the Saint Simon's cold because uh, ever since I've been down there, I got it. You know what? I think I might have got it from you. No, no, come on, no, because I I only had a like maybe a a eight hour uh, uh, cough or something, but I'm done. Yeah, well, you 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 passed it along to me. I think. No, I remember Heather baby. sent you home. Baby. She sent you home to to get all well, and then it was all downhill for me after that. <laughs> did you wash your hands when you made my pizza, you bastard? Oh, gosh, yes, I did. You know they did. And that 750-degree oven would kill most <laughs> germs is, and bacteria. This is true. In fact, you know what? You you uh, you made a good point here You know earlier. I, I know this is a boxing show, but, you know, there have been many, many times where there has been almost a death sentence passed on humanity with the black plague or with this germ or, uh, you know, tuberculosis, this one, that one. But mankind's always been one step ahead, not like one step beyond, like the movie, uh, show. But, uh, you know, and, and we tried to uh, get a hand of it, a handle on it. Uh, but you never know. You never know what's out there. And uh, it's, it's, it's scary when you really learn about biology and the pathogenic germs and everything else that you could pick up from anywhere. And they could be devastating, and uh, so uh, you know that's 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 a lot of stuff that goes on behind the room and behind the scenes in the scientist room and everything else. And forget about it. Well, what's happened is you know when we were kids and uh, beyond a little bit um, antibiotics. You know, anytime you you got sick or you had a sniffle or whatever, you go to the doctor and they they pump you full of antibiotics. And what's happened in a, a considering a relatively short time, like you know, within our lifetime, really. I mean, that's in the large scope of things for for human existence. That's that's a spit in the in the bucket, and you know, they've become they don't work anymore. You know, the the germs and stuff have built up a tolerance to our antibiotics. So you know, it, it's. Uh, 
it's scary uh, that they are able to build that up and combat us quicker than we can combat them. And uh, that's the reason why it's so rampant. I mean, did you ever hear, I mean, you, you make a great point years ago, you know, people, uh, you know, get get something that we've beat uh, today with uh, with a disease and they, and they drop dead. Chicken today, pox, measles, right, everything. You know, yeah. we've, we've, we've uh, come out on top with that. But, um, you know, a cold, you know, I mean, I've never, I, I don't remember it being spread as rapidly as it is today. And keep in mind, boys and girls, that we follow much more cleanliness procedures than we used to. You know, now, you know, everybody's, why did you wash your hands? You know, you go to the bathroom, did you wash your hands? You know, before you touch it, did you wash your hands? You know, you, you shake hands with somebody and people are like, psh, psh, Spraying, spraying. I know. Oh, they got you know, everywhere you go. The gel, the stores are well. Yeah, you know. So I mean, bacteria wash, whatever. Exactly. You know, it's like, hey, how you doing? You shake your hand. You turn around. Shake your stuff? You turn around, spray your hands. Jesus, I don't want to get what he's got. You know, but uh, uh, it's scary. But uh, anyway, so hey, the topic is: What's your thoughts? Triple G Canelo officially official rematch. Uh, we've talked a little about it. Uh, already, but uh, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, I'm excited about it. I, I'm a little, I'm a perturbed. I'm perturbed about the fact that Canelo, whether it his, whether it was his fault or whether it's promoter's fault, that they j- dragged their feet with this. I mean, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot. There's no need to marinate a rematch. I mean, give, give me a break. Did we really need to wait? Until January 29th, when it was, I mean, today's the 30th, but it was officially announced yesterday. January 29th, uh, considering that uh, the rematch was uh, uh, last year uh, in, uh, in September. I mean, did we really have to wait this long to get an official announcement? I, I think that that was absurd. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is absurd. It, it is absurd. And I think that uh, for us to wait this long, I mean, it should have been instantaneous, you know, at least signed and then the date given to us. And uh, instead of teasing and everything else, it's because uh, now the enthusiasm about the fight is going to be very contagious. That's a little pun, a little, little, little bacteria humor. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's affecting your brain, that bacteria. It is, you know. But, you know, I, the, the, the issue here. And, you know, I've talked to many people about their getting their opinions on the fight, the rematch, is it going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, a lot of people that like to be considered in the know, they're like, well, you know, uh, Canelo and Golden Boy, they, they wanted to drag it out so Triple G would get older. And, you know, they're looking for all the edge. You know, the one thing he seemed to have learned from Floyd Mayweather is, you know, stack the cards in, in your favor. And I think that that's one of the biggest problems with boxing today. Not to get an edge. Everybody wants to have some type of an edge in all professional sports, whether it be boxing or football or baseball or basketball, whatever. Um, you want to have the edge. Or the sneakers better, you know, uh, you know we'll, we won't, we'll leave it at that. You got better sneakers? You know, you got a better bat? You know, without corking it, you know, but uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is everybody wants to gain some kind of an edge. And uh, Floyd was uh, very proficient 
at uh, just remember Floyd saying, you know, he beat everyone he put in front of himself. So I, I, I mean, you it. know, you know, uh, but but uh, you know, uh, Canelo seems to want to copy that. We all agree that Triple G is not the same fighter that he was three years ago. He's not the devastating seek and destroy. You don't have a chance against him, fighter. And and in the first fight, he he failed to do that as well. And there seemed to be times when he uh, he could have. And in Canelo's defense, you know, Canelo uh, seems to have clearly improved, uh, you know, from fight to fight. But his level of opposition hadn't really uh, improved. Triple G was a, was a tough opponent for him. So now you fast forward. Uh, you know, five months from now, four and a half months from now, and you say to yourself, okay, well, who's going to be in the better position? Is it going to be Triple G or Canelo? Canelo's still a young a young lad. Um, is he going to learn from the first fight? Is he going to try to stand toe-to-toe? He did kind of try to move in box in the, in the last one. I don't think it was effective. I scored the fight for Triple G. But what, do you, what kind of adjustments do you think Canelo's going to make for the rematch? Well, I think Canelo, and I too scored Triple G uh, winning that fight, but uh, neither here nor there. I think Canelo is going to look what he can do a little differently and capitalize on. I think that he's going to say, hey, uh, my counterpunching ability has got to be uh, uh, a little more definitive and a little, little more aggressive. I think he's going to try to move a little bit more side to side uh, maybe get a little more head movement in there. And, and like I said, maybe learning how to punch uh, going lateral movement and side to side, in and out. Triple G has got to, I think I think that Triple G may have given Canelo a little bit too much respect. Either that or like we suggested, maybe Canelo did hurt him with one of the shots. But he did give Canelo a lot of respect, especially when Triple G had him on the ropes. I thought Triple G, that's where I was expecting him to just to unload and be relentless and, and uh, just hit him anywhere. And I think that's what Triple G's got to remember. He's Triple G because of, of his building in confidence with that heavy-handed uh, delivery of punches and uh, the, the accumulation of, of heavy volume punches. And I think when he has Canelo on the ropes, I think he's going to be a little more aggressive with delivering those blows, whether they hit him on the arms, the shoulder, the hips, as long as they, they're going to uh, follow through with uh, one punch giving uh, way to another punch. So it's going to be an interesting – I think the second fight is going to be better than the first fight. First fight was a good fight. It wasn't a great fight, but I think this next fight could be a great fight. Um, you know, I uh, – I- I don't know. I, uh, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to think if the first if this fight's going to be better than the first. The first fight, Canelo got a gift in having oh, it be, he did. be a he draw. Did. He got a gift. But, but I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a great fight, Bill. You know, you and I said, could it live up to what we anticipated? Maybe it did, but I, I think it fell a little short. Uh, uh, I, I think it could have been a little more. Uh, well, the ending, of course. So we uh, we we have our opinion on, but. But I think that uh, I think the second fight, what happens in a rematch many times, first of all, both fighters take a rematch because they feel they learn from the first fight and they feel they're going to produce better, a better performance to win the second fight. That's that's why they do a rematch. And for both fighters to have that level of confidence and to take away what they learn 
and to negate what may have been a deficit for them and to uh, accentuate on what's positive, I think they're going to try to both perform at another level. And I think it'll be a better fight, the second fight. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, typically you have a rematch when the fight was good and where there was no definitive result. And in this case, there wasn't. I mean, we could make, listen, the fight was close. You know, I, I feel that Canelo lost the fight, but that doesn't mean the fight wasn't close, you know. No. Um, and, and you know, if, if all the judges gave the fight to Canelo by one point, it's hard to argue. Um, but because of the way the judges' scorecards were, um, that's what shedded, you know, some some cloudiness over over the fight, and and that's the problem that we face a lot of times when you have two judges, uh, you know, uh, seemingly on the same page, and then all of a sudden, bam, that that third judge is, you know, out of there. Um, as far as the fight, you know, some idiot, uh, and I don't even I don't even know how I ended it up uh, on the YouTube uh, chat because I don't even. There, most of the time, if you're watching or listening, the only chat that we really respond to is up on BillyCBoxing.com. But I happen to have stumbled across it, and some idiot uh, on the chat room calls me a dummy because he's like, "Oh, they just fought in September. They're fighting in May. How much sooner than you want?" So, so obviously, this person is an idiot. And they don't know that that's eight months ago. I, I, what do you mean? How much sooner? I, you know, real fighters would have fought two months, uh, even even by today's standard, two months later, three months later, eight months. It'll be eight months. You know, uh, you know. Well, I, it, we, no, I'm just saying it, it, it's right. a joke. You know, I, I mean, especially when a fight had no definitive answer. Uh, at least according to the record books. You know, when you don't have a definitive answer of who won or lost the fight, get back in the ring. You know, have round, begin with round 13. That That's what I want to see. I want to see this fight pick up where it left off. I don't want to see a, another eight rounds of feeling each other out and then, you know, uh, the last uh, four rounds of excitement because that's kind of what, what we got, you know. And, and you're right. It, it, was, it wasn't... Uh, as great as we all wanted it. But but again, I ask you this, who has the advantage in the rematch, in this particular rematch, with Canelo being the younger fighter? Uh, clearly, Canelo uh, uh, you know, tries to improve his game a little bit, whereas Triple G is uh, on the downswing. His age is catching up to him. Uh, he doesn't seem to have the punch output. Um, uh, who's benefiting more from the rematch? Good question. We got to to know that would would have to really uh, dissect and be inside each fighter's mind and heart. And I, I will tell you this: I, I'd like to believe that Triple G will gain from the from the experience of the first fight to give him the incentive and to realize he is at the end of his career, and this may be his very last fight. And I think, excuse me, I think he will try to approach this fight. Uh, like I did several years ago with my comeback, I, with the anticipation, with the enthusiasm of, of, of what he carried in his first fight, but also with the anticipation and the enthusiasm of knowing that this may very well be his last great signature of a legendary career that he established. So with that as an incentive, and also knowing that he did 
in his heart of hearts win that fight. He's going to try to maximize and emphasize uh, what he's got to do to establish his dominance in the ring for the majority of those rounds and maybe stop Canelo and not let him off the hook and be a little more relentless with those punches when he does have an opportunity to get Canelo on the ropes. And Canelo, I think, you know, he'll do what he has to do to offset it. But uh, the bottom line is Canelo's going to go into that fight. Canelo may, in his hard hearts, know that he got a gift and he's going to try to uh, capitalize on the opportunity. But I think that both fighters know that uh, in their heart of hearts that uh, Triple G did win that fight. Well, I don't know. I got some quotes that uh, uh, from from uh, Canelo that would uh, that would lean towards him not feeling that way, and uh, and I'll read those uh, in a second. We're going to take a short little break, and uh, when we come back, more on the officially official rematch between Triple G uh, and Canelo Alvarez set as we all anticipated, for Cinco de Mayo, and most likely will take place in Las Vegas. That, we'll have to wait for the announcement, but uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Uh, Glad you could be with us. We're talking about the uh, officially official rematch announcement between Triple G and Canelo, uh, which will be taking uh, place, as most of us anticipated, on Cinco de Mayo. Um, I feel that this fight uh, should have taken place a little sooner, uh, eight months from the first one. Uh, I think uh, some of the plan here uh, from Team Canelo is to uh, let Father Time slap Triple G around a bit. Um, The question here, Sal is will Canelo change his approach? Because it seemed to me, especially in the second part of that fight, that Canelo was on his bicycle. And and not only was he on his, his bicycle, he was clearly running away. I mean, he wasn't really engaging. And, you know, um, as far as I'm concerned about Triple G, a guy that I think is, is the best ring general in the sport of boxing and, and has been for the... I, I don't know a better ring general uh, in the sport of boxing for the last, you know, 20 years better than Triple G. But he needs to show that in, in a rematch. Yes. If 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 Canelo is, is uh, you know, wants to get on his bicycle and run around and try and, you know, uh, uh, steal a fight, uh, you know, running and jabbing and moving and, and not being able to, to really land a solid punch. And I'm not talking about standing in front. I'm not talking about... The sweet science, like a Vasily Lomachenko, who's no, they're not uh, Vasily Lomachenko. Right, so. I'm not. I'm not talking about Canelo standing in front of Triple G and yeah. Triple G not being able to hit him because that's not what happened. What happened was, you know, Canelo was kind of running around a bit, and he wasn't able to hit Triple G either. But I think that the burden is going to fall on Triple G to prevent Canelo from doing it and work the body more. I, I feel he didn't work the body enough in the first fight, Sal. You were correct. I mean, that's what I'm talking about 
You know, when I saw Canelo on the ropes several times, several times, and Triple G maybe throwing one or two punches at a time, not the relentless attack, going for the elbows, going for the body, going for wherever he can land, just to be heavy-handed and, and, and slow him down. No, I thought he also missed the opportunities of doing a good, thorough body attack. And I think that's how he can make up for it this time, by just throwing those heavy hands and, uh, you know, hit him in the body, the elbows. And you know what else? I was disappointed in Triple G not cutting the ring off the way I thought he should have and could have. Again, to Canelo's credit, you know, he was a moving target when he chose to be. Because uh, other times he was on the ropes, but the bottom line is, Canelo uh, is going to, I think, give us a lot of uh, similar uh, display of what he brought to the first fight. Um, and I think Triple G's got to learn that he's got to let those hands go, and uh, uh, especially when he can have Canelo back to the corner or what is back to the ropes. Uh, and, you know, how about, you know, unleashing on front, stepping to the side, hooking, uppercut. I mean, that's the kind of combinations that Triple G is more than capable of doing. And uh, like I said, I thought that uh, he showed Canelo just a little bit too much respect. And I think that's what uh, stopped him uh, from from following through with those kind of combinations the first time. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be – that's what I'm saying. I think the second fight will be a more action action-packed fight. Well, first of all, Triple G needs to attack him. There should be no, yeah. there should be no feeling out round. Force Canelo. And, and listen, let's be real. Canelo's got hand speed. Canelo's a very accurate puncher, and Canelo can can punch to the body himself. So yes, he can. I, I mean, you know, let, let's you know, I'm not suggesting that Canelo just has no skill set because he certainly does. He's he's one of the top fighters in the sport. Um, but I believe that Triple G. And, and and I know you don't want to admit this, but I know damn well you know you know the feeling about this. And I, I won't use you; I'll use Bernard Hopkins. But <laughs> now you can use the, me. The, the truth ahead. the truth of the matter <laughs> is use me. Everyone else the, does. The truth of the matter is <laughs> is when you become an older fighter. <laughs> all right, <laughs> when you become an older fighter, you 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 start to think about conserving energy, and Bernard Hopkins. He didn't. He didn't BS about the fact that, you know, he had become as he aged, of a twelve-round championship fight, that he was an eight-round fighter, that he would give up four rounds to re to rest and to recharge and to make sure that his gas tank does not run out, and I wonder if Triple G was kind of in the same position, you know, if he was worried about getting tired, you know. I, I've seen fighters and I've talked to fighters after big fights where they say I was conserving energy and they lost. I was conserving energy too much. I was concerned that I was going to run out of gas. And at the end of the fight, I still had energy left. And, you know, what's the better position to be in? Run out of gas and, and try to dig deep for some, uh, you know, for some more or refuel somehow. I want the bottle I mixed, not the, no, 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 no. I'm suggesting yeah, the that, brown but no, but no, yeah, no, no, not that bottle, the one I mixed. But uh, um, you know, I, or go all out. I, if I'm Triple G, I want to end this fight quick. I don't want it to go to the scorecards. I think that if Triple G learned anything from the first fight, 
is he's not going to get a fair decision no matter where the fight is. No. Some people say, oh, no. if it's in Vegas, he's not going to get. But I don't. I, listen, Golden Boy's the promoter, and um, unfortunately, uh, I, I think Triple G has to win by knockout, and and, and he proved that in the first fight, Sal. Yeah, what do you think I, about I, conserving? I think cons- ca- yeah, I do think he's capable of, of winning in the first fight. But as far as the conserving of energy and stuff, I mean, we're talking about a 36-year-old. How old is he, 36? Yeah, 36. Yeah, we're talking about 36, not 45. So, I, you know what? He should still have plenty, plenty of fuel in the tank. And as long as you're stressing your body and resting your body, conditioning, doing your sprints, doing your little interval training, doing some distance, uh, punching in combinations in the back. No, I, I don't think he's that old where right now he's got to – He's got to look at the 12-round fight and say, well, I'm going to give this kind of round away. I'm going to rest over here. I think he's got to go out there and be dominant. And like I said, has show a little less respect for Canelo. And he's got to go out there and open the fight. They already know each other. They already know what, to face, what they're going to face uh, on a lot of levels. And there's no feeling out process. I think he should just jump on him early and uh, try to hurt him early. If I sound like I want Triple G to win, I'm sorry. I like Canelo, too, but I do want Triple G to win. Yeah, most cases, I I always root for Canelo. I I love Canelo. I I love Canelo. I just think Triple G. I'm a big Canelo fan. I like Triple G. I I don't like how Canelo has changed in terms of letting Oscar make him look like an idiot. I truly believe that Canelo wants to be like he says he is. Um but, I, you know, I, I think because he lets the business end be handled by other people that he looks the way he does. As far as uh, uh, Triple G, I, you know, here's here's the thing. From an from a, from a intelligent point of view, I could see that their game plan in the first fight, because traditionally Canelo, uh, one of his weaknesses is that he runs out of gas. After the sixth, seventh round, he starts to slow down a bit. And it's pretty much proven. I mean, you know, in a couple of fights, he's he's shown that, you know, he's uh, was standing. Remember, he was standing between rounds and shown that he yeah. wasn't tired. But his punch output slowed down. His style changed. He, he started running more. Um, you know, I, I don't think Triple G should uh, – should try that approach in the second fight. I think Triple G should go right after him and let the chips fall as they will. Risk the fact and the case of Canelo catching Triple G and putting him him down. And, and that's very possible, Sal. You know, but like you suggest, this could be the last fight for, for Triple G. What does he have to lose, really? Well, that's just it. Look at it this way. If this may be his last fight, you know, it, it, he's either going to win or lose. And the bottom line is no one's going to want to see another draw. And and put an emphasis on just going out there and not putting it or leaving it to the judges to decide who wins this fight. And I think that he was able to catch Canelo Alvarez last time. I just don't think he was able to put the punches together the way I wish he did. Um, he did catch Canelo at times. And Canelo came back and... And caught Triple G with a couple of good shots. So, like I said, I think Canelo uh, uh, had some good opportunities in the last fight. But I thought Triple G gave Canelo a little bit too much respect. And that's why he didn't follow through with the usual punch output or combinations that Triple G is used to delivering on on his opponents. So I think with that being said, I I think that that Canelo and Triple G, the second fight, uh, will be 
a more action-packed fight. And I think that Triple G should show less respect and just want to end it fast and go out there with that predator approach like, hey, I'm here, you're in my domain, and I'm going to end this fight with dominant fa- with a dominant uh, that, that I should have not let you get away with the last time. No, he he, he needs to uh, either knock him out or, or or win, you know, get him down on the canvas a couple times. Yeah, and, and by doing that, Bill, you hit it on the head earlier. I mean, we didn't see much of a body attack, and that's where Triple G earned a lot of his reputation early on. His guy is is heavy-handed. He's got big mitts. He's got heavy hands, and you know when you punch a, an opponent. And you're hitting him on the arms, you're hitting him on a on a body and in the body and shoulders and you know those those shots over time they do take effect they do hurt and you know you don't have to get a clean shot to the body but when you do it's going to make a big difference so I think his target other than being in Canelo's head he's got to look at putting some more combinations together on Canelo's body which is an easier target and I'm not just talking about straight into the abdomen abdomen. He's got to look to punch wherever he can hit the the the, the big mass. That's it. Yeah, well, I, I just, you know, the bottom line is that, uh, you know, I, the guy who makes the better adjustments is is going to win the fight. Um, bingo. <laughs> you know, bingo. I, I mean, I, I know that sounds pretty <laughs> stupid and simple, but um, I, I do, I do, yeah, but youth, youth is on Canelo's side. I think Canelo's got more, you know, better hand speed. Um, he obviously uh, can move around the ring. Listen, Triple G has a couple of things going for him. Number one, I, I, I've said it before. I just said it a few minutes ago. Uh, Triple G is is arguably, at least in my opinion, the best ring general in the last uh, a couple of decades. So, and he needs to prove it. He yeah. also needs to, you know, beat up Canelo. He needs to let his hands go, like you said earlier. And he needs to beat him up. He needs to get Canelo out of his game. Got to be roughing him up, roughing yeah, him. Maybe even cut him or something. You know, uh, like uh, you know, uh, try to try to get a uh, a cut somehow. You know, and in order to do that, he's got to let his hands go. Let me get. Let me read you some uh, uh, some quotes. Actually, <laughs> uh, I got to take a break. I'll read the quotes as soon as we come back from a break. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we will. Uh, I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy. Man, uh, I need you to take this one. All right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C? Damn it! Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Uh, I'm talking with my main man, Sal Rocky Senecola, and we're uh, talking about the official official announcement that uh, Triple G and Canelo will be getting it on, as Mills Lane would say. Um, 
on Cinco de Mayo, as we all thought, May 5th. And uh, hasn't been announced yet, but I think it's going to take place in Vegas. Uh, like I was just talking to my man, uh, Randy Gordon, uh, over in the uh, Facebook uh, uh, chat, that uh, I wouldn't mind seeing this fight in New York, to be honest with you, Sal. Can you imagine Madison Square Garden? Boy, I'll tell you. I think it would be great there. And, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, Las Vegas is a great venue. It's a great location. And all, all the big fights go there for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, to have a resurgence and, and bring some real super mega fights to uh, Madison Square Garden, as they have done so over the years, I think would be tremendous. And this fight would be a great draw in a big city like New York City. Well, this fight. The thing is, Triple G has proved that he can draw no matter where he goes in terms of a, a, a large gate, you know, and and that's what I love about Triple G, you know. Um, you know, people really want to see him. He's already fought at the Garden. I can't remember. Has Canelo ever fought at the Garden? I don't know, but I think that if not, this would be a good incentive for him to come to the Garden and fight. And, uh, you know, I think uh, and you've got you've got a great fan base, I believe, in New York, too, for Canelo, as well as Triple G. I think it would be great. Coaches in the chat room saying he thinks it's going to go to Texas. That's another, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Jones loves to have the big fights uh, yeah, uh, at yeah. the uh, stadium. They got the big, uh, that big Jumbotron and uh, Manny Pacquiao was very successful there. Um, and uh, there's a large uh, contingent of uh, uh, Mexican fans uh, in Texas, you know. So, uh, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the quotes. I know you've been sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for the quotes. I am sitting on the edge of my seat, as a matter of fact. That's um, why I come. I'm a little closer to the camera today. You're going to love this one. <laughs> this is triple. Uh, this is Canelo. He says, and I quote, I'm delighted to once again participate in one of the most important boxing events in the history of the sport. This second fight is for the benefit and pleasure of of all the fans who desire to see the best fight the best, this time, Triple G won't have any excuses regarding the judges because I'm coming to knock them out. Um, that has a tone that he thought he won the fight. What do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, it does, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, I think in his mind of minds, yeah, it sounds like he does believe he won that fight. And uh, uh, I can't take that away from him. Guess what? He, he's a world champion. He's a world caliber fighter. And, uh, you know, he, he he may have justified for himself and how, however it may have happened that he thinks he did maybe win the fight. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I like the quote. And, again, you know they're not going to mince words. I think this time around. I think you know the uh, the uh, mutual respect that they will have will be evident. But the bottom line is they both want to win, and that's what this fight is going to. That's why I think this fight is more uh, of an event and a bigger expectation now from both fighters because they both know that they have to come out and one's got to be more dominant than the other and win in a bigger fashion than let it go to the judges. So that's why I really do anticipate a better fight this time out. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, in, in, in as far as Canelo saying, I'm going to knock him out, I'm going to knock him out, 
Um, he said that in the first one. And and I say to myself, Billy, because I don't call him. When I talk to myself, I don't say Billy C. I just say Bill. It's Billy. Yeah, I just say Bill, actually. I, you know, I, so, so I said to myself, I said, Bill, um, <laughs> I says to me, I says, you know, oh, yeah. do people really need to hear this, you know, uh, rhetoric? Because that's what it is. Um, this fight, and, and this is why I personally feel that they made us wait too long, eight months. It'll be eight months between the first fight and this fight. And I do believe that that's too long. I think that considering the first fight was close, that, you know, for the good of the sport and, you know, which would be uh, better for, for the fighters, to be honest with you, would have been to have the fight three months later, just yeah. like, uh, you know, any other you know, they, they could have finished that fight at the end of the year. Then, you know, we always talk about the marination of fights and, and that there's always another fight uh, to take its place. If the rematch would have been done already and the winner, uh, you know, is crowned the winner or whatever, um, think of the fights that all of a sudden become available to that fighter. Billy Joe Forget Saunders, <laughs> you know, in in my dream, I, I want to see Billy Joe Saunders fight Daniel Jacobs, then the winner of that fight fighting the winner of Triple G Canelo, um, you know, the rematch. Uh, you know, so we could have already been talking about that for this year. And, you know, going, by the way, Canelo has been operating lately, uh, trying to rip a page out of uh, you-know-who's book, which, in my opinion, ruined the sport. And every time he's out of the sport, we seem to be doing much better, like we did last year. And uh, so far, uh, with some of the planned fights for this year, um, you know, you would be fighting every three months, not once a year. You know, if if Canelo wins this fight, are we looking at you know being forced to wait uh, another eight months for him to fight again? If Triple G wins the fight, does he drive off into the, does he ride off into the sunset? Um, but the bottom line is, I don't think that these guys need to say, "I'm going to do this," "I'm going to do that." The fact that the first fight was entertaining, the fact that the first fight ended in a draw, and the fact that the demand for the rematch has been so high that these guys don't have to say anything. They wouldn't technically; they don't have to go on a press tour, and this fight would sell. What do you think? No, I, but but here I. I see where you're coming from there, but you know, part of the marketability and part of them wanting to promote themselves and use what they feel uh, was was missing from the first fight, yeah, is going to be the knockout factor. So for Canelo to say he's going to knock Triple G out, I think it's fair, and just as uh, it is fair that Triple G is going to say, "Hey, I'm going to not let the scorecards decide who's going to win this fight. I'm going to knock him out." So I, I think a little bit of self-promoting, I think a little bit of uh, rhetoric or talk is is going to be what we expect from these guys. You know, when you were talking about, you know, how long we're waiting for this fight, it's a shame because today, in today's world of boxing, we consider a fighter to be a very active fighter if he fights, every, uh, maybe has three fights a year, uh, at least two fights a year. He's an active fighter. Uh when this fight should have taken place within three months after the first fight, that's would have been that would have been a little more what I would have loved to have seen. Oh, no doubt. I mean, uh, listen, I've said this many, many times. The sport of boxing, you need to keep it going 
the momentum. The worst thing that the sport does to itself is shoot itself in the foot. You get a great fight, and then you're away. Or you get a, you, you, you're forced to wait, or you get some you know, layup fight. You know, HBO had had the nerve to put on uh, what they did last weekend. You know, I mean, um, I don't know. You know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And, uh, you know, boxing is, is you know, there's always going to be another big fight that you can make. Yeah. This marination BS is exactly that BS. But anyway, uh, Triple G's uh, comment was, uh, uh, I'm ready to battle. Canelo again, and I'm happy he took the fight. This is uh, the fight the world wants. This is the fight boxing deserves. I didn't agree with some of the judges' decisions in that first fight. You know, like oh. maybe one. Uh, yeah, he right. says, uh, this, one. Time, yeah, uh, <laughs> this time, there'll be no doubt. I'm leaving the ring as the middleweight champion of the world. Um, he didn't say I'm going to knock him out. But when you say there'll be no doubt, and considering you witnessed yourself get robbed, uh, in a sense, in the first fight, you know, in not so many words, I think Triple G is saying the same thing. I'm going for the knockout. How, how, what do you see? Well, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's what these guys are, are going to have. Like I said, I have no hard time or no, no bad feelings hearing that from each fighter because they know that uh, the fight being left in a judge's hands left all the fans with with the idea that, hey, this wasn't what I saw, and my fighter won or my fighter won. And, you know, for each of these fighters to say, hey, guess what? I'm going to knock this guy out next time. I'm not going to go to the judges, or I'm going to knock this guy out. You know, that's what we do want to hear from these guys, looking at it as, from a spectator standpoint. And so I, I give them all the room to, to tout their horn, to say that, to do this. Because you know what? Inevitably, in a couple months, they will get in the ring. And that's why I do anticipate a better fight this time around. They're, they're already familiar with each other. And I think uh, each fighter has uh, the, the need inside to prove themselves. And uh, to prove to themselves that they're the, the more dominant and a better fighter. So I think when they clash in the middle of the ring, uh, we're going to see some good fireworks. And I do think that, uh, you know, it's going to be better than what we expected the first time. Let me ask you this. Yeah. you think Canelo will uh, go all out and and, and try to, to, to stop uh, Triple G? Do you think that Canelo, you know, has the you-know-watch to say, you know what, I got uh, I, I to knock out Triple G. I, you know, I got to prove that, that, you know, everything that I say and all my actions are justified. Do you, do you think that Canelo, do you think we will see Canelo come out and say, let's let's get it on, let's let's do it, and, uh, you know, I'm not waiting around, let, let, let's pick up from where we left off, or do you think that Triple G has to be the guy who drives that, uh, drives that bus? Triple G has to be the guy that drives that bus because he wants to reemphasize that he uh, was the dominant fighter, that he did – feel that uh, that he that fans did feel that he may have won that fight or sh or, or should have won that fight and i think he's got to come out there and uh and not leave any room for doubt by being more dominant saying hey you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste time anymore i know what i gotta do and i'm gonna do it so i think you'll see more of a uh, not explosive 
um, uh, you know, I think you'll see more of a uh, active fighter in Triple G trying to establish his dominance early on in the fight by landing some big blows and better combinations. I really do anticipate that. Now, to Canelo's defense, I think Canelo may try to do the same. Uh, and Canelo being a younger guy, he uh, he doesn't have uh, uh, to worry about throwing caution to the wind because he knows, you know, he's got youth on his side and he's going to probably try and go out there. I do see the macho kind of guy he, that he, he, he likes to believe he is uh, trying to drive this fight with, with passion and heart. Uh, so that's why, Bill, I, I, I've said it all this show that I do anticipate a better clash, a better fight. Uh, a more highly anticipated uh, exchange of punches uh, from these two combatants because I do feel that they each want to prove a point and uh, I do see this fight ending in a knockout I think that um, when you look at this fight Canelo uh, because of his age has you know a, a, a future a bright future in, in the sport win lose or draw again whether he wins, whether he loses, whether he gets another draw. I, you know, his career is, is still, you know, maybe he's halfway done with it. Maybe he's halfway done with it if he chooses to, to stick with the sport. Um, Triple G, on the other hand, this could be his last fight. He's, if, if he wins this fight, you know, and he, and he basically collects all the, the W, uh, all of the uh, middle, world middleweight belts, there's nothing left for him. And I could see him walking away. Um, so, so with that in mind, does that drive Triple G to take chances? Um, I, I, I think that, you know, Abel Sanchez, who's Triple G's trainer, I think that they were, uh, I, I think they were a little reluctant to take chances in the first fight, at least in the first part of the first fight. They seem to put their foot on the gas a little more in the second half, but I really think that they were trying to catch Canelo as he was running out of gas. But in this fight, I don't think they should wait. I think they need to, to go right after Canelo and make it into a dogfight and, and take the risk of being stopped because Canelo certainly has the pop to knock out Triple G. There's no question about that. If I'm Abel Sanchez and I'm Triple G, uh, I take that chance. I think the risk is worth it. What do you think? Well, I think that's very insightful on your behalf, on, on uh, from your standpoint. And I do feel that, uh, as I said, I think all along that uh, Triple G, uh, in the feeling out process of that first fight, uh, showed a lot of respect for Canelo Alvarez. And I think with this also being said that this may be one of the last fights that we will see Triple G perform in, that uh, he's going to go out there with the intent and with the incentive and we'll probably with the tutelage and instruction from Abel Sanchez that, hey, guess what? You got to jump on this guy and you got to hit him early and uh, dictate what's going to happen for the rest of the fight. And I think if he does that, whether it's body shots, whether it's a head shot, whether it's exchanging in the middle of the ring or forcing his dominance, I think you're going to see him putting his pedal, uh, his, pedal, his pedal down to the metal a little quicker than what we saw last time. I, I do anticipate that because, you know what, here, here again, uh, use the term throwing caution to the wind. I think, as I said, uh, he showed Canelo Alvarez a lot of respect the first fight, 
And I think knowing that this may be his last fight, uh, he's going to go out there and he's going to try to jump on Canelo Alvarez a little sooner. Do you see a trilogy happening? I mean, no. uh, you know, uh, should uh, can, if, if, if here's what I see. Let me if, see. If, go ahead. If Canelo wins the fight, he's not going to get in the ring with Triple G again. But if no. Triple G wins the fight, that's another big payday for Canelo. And yeah. you know, um, you know, depending upon what happens, you know, if if Triple G comes out and blows out Canelo early in the fight, yeah, you could say, uh, you know, the, the you know, I don't want to make excuses, but I was cold. I, uh, you know, he caught me. He did this. I want to. I want a third fight. Uh, I could see that happening. I could also see a third fight happening if we get tortured with another draw, or there's some kind of controversy. Or the fight, uh, you know, gets ended because of uh, something crazy like a disqualification or, uh, you know, an unintentional headbutt or something like that. Um, I could see it. And quite honestly, you know, uh, since Floyd Mayweather was fighting, he's the one that ruined the rematches. You know, he was the one that wasn't man enough to have rematches with fighters that, you know, would have done better against him in a rematch. But prior to that, rematches and multi-fights were, were the norm, not the exception. And, um, you know, when you have a good uh, dance partner and, and you make thrilling fights and people want to see it, I don't have a problem with seeing a third fight if the second fight is, you know, uh, better than, than the first. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, I think, you know, you're along the lines of, of what we saw trilogy fights from in the past. and. And I think if if this is a blowout on either side, I don't think it'll justify a third fight. Um, uh, I don't want to hear the excuses. I don't think we'll see it. If there's a cut, if there is a low blow, if there's a disqualification, if there's a premature stoppage on some level, more like a cut or something, or a broken hand, or something that might occur with the many variables of, of a fight that can uh, reveal itself, yeah, then we could see a third fight. If we see a quick knockout, eh, I, I, I don't think it's going to be uh, uh, valid enough to, to, to really chop on a bit for a third fight. However, if we see, an, uh, as I use the term, ebb and flow, or a good fight that's going to go uh, deep into the rounds and then end in a knockout, but up to that point, being a very competitive good fight, then I could see uh, a valid reason why we're going to have a third fight, too. So, you know, there's many scenarios. I don't think it's going to go to a decision, this fight. I don't think it, and if it did go to a decision, I think it will be a clear uh, picture of who won that fight. And I think the judges will be more re- revealing of, of what their opinions were uh, based on, I, I think, one fighter's, I think one fighter's going to be more dominant than the other fighter. That's all. They're going to win convincingly. What kind of pressure do you think is on the judges in lieu of what took place in the last fight, specifically with Adelie Bird's card? I mean, uh, you know, they're going to be under scrutiny, Sal. And, yes. you know, it, it's almost like the judges that get chosen for this fight are in a lose-lose situation because depending upon what side of the fence you're on, you could be critical unless it's, unless it's not a close fight. You know, if it's a close fight, you're always going to have the controversy. People, you know, that's why boxing is subjective. 
you and me and Randy Gordon and Jerry Cooney and Joe Schmo and Dax Khan and whoever can all be sitting right next to each other watching the same exact fight and have five, six, seven different opinions of a round. You know, I thought uh, so-and-so landed the more uh, damaging blows. I thought so-and-so landed more blows. I thought... You know, he, he avoided, you know, defensively, uh, you know, so-and-so avoided punches, you know. And, and that's the problem. You know, when you have a good fight, a competitive fight, and the judges uh, are, are watching the fight from three different locations around the ring, and depending upon where that part, you know, where that fight is, majority of that fight is being fought, could give it a totally different perspective uh, to that judge. So I, I think in this case... You know, the old Sam Langford uh, line, you know, bring your own judges to the fight, meaning your left and your right. Knock <laughs> them out. Right. There, there's no, there's no uh, argument if, uh, if the winner of this fight wins by stoppage. There's no argument. And, you know, you could even make the case, like, for that boring-ass fight we watched this past weekend, you know, Lucas Matisse, um, you know, at the end of the night, he won by knockout. And there's no argument. We, we Everybody was criticizing. Up until the knockout, they were even saying, oh, he's not even throwing punches. Oh, he's not doing this. He's not doing that. It's terrible performance. It's boring. It's this. And all of a sudden, boom, over. He was great. What a great knockout. What power. What this. What that. You know, so, so and that's what's got to happen with this fight, Sal. I, I think you're right, man. I think you're 100% correct. And, yes, to answer your original question, I think the judges uh, that are going to be chosen – and like I said, I wish I wish they would do it. Uh, each of the three judges, one neutral uh, from the United States, one from Mexico, one from uh, uh, Russia, uh, uh, Ukraine, and and and, uh, and I think that will give the playing field at least uh, an even uh, resemblance of what what judging is all about. Uh, not that the one's going to be biased because he's from a home country or something, but it it at least uh, shows a little bit of, of either that or have three neutral judges, all from a different country, including from the United States, all from uh, uh, some other unbiased country. Who knows? But the bottom line is the pressure. If a judge does his good job, if he's got the credible uh, pass or credibility from his past performance, there's no pressure because a judge knows how to look at a fight. And you and I could see two different fights if we use different rules of how we assess a fight. But if everybody on a, is on the same page or learning of knowing this is how we judge a fight. Like I said, I'll see, I could see two different endings to a fight. If I look at a fight and I break it down, you have three minutes in each round. And if I take that one round and use it as three separate rounds. Look at who's dominant the first minute of the round, the second minute of the round, the third minute of the round. And if it's an even round, you know, hey, it's an even round. But if there's two minutes to one minute who I thought won that round, I could tell you a different decision. Because many fighters in the past have done so uh, so brilliantly by uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was, was, a, was a genius. He'd close the end of the rounds big. And that left an impression on the judges' minds. So, unfortunately, we've always had to give judging to the human element and the the opinion uh, and the human factor of possibly seeing a different fight than what other judges may see. So that's it's it's an opinion. 
Well, it's officially but official. I, yeah. It's officially official. We'll get plenty of time to uh, break down the we fight, will. considering it's uh, not for another uh, four and a half months. You know, so, <laughs> four and a half months. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot can happen in training, too. Oh, you know yeah, what? you know, that's I funny. Can't... That's funny you say that. Could you imagine that all of a sudden, oh, sorry, broke my hand. We got to postpone it till September. Ankles, you know, my toe. And, and don't be surprised that that's not a golden boy uh, tactic for Canelo, uh, make uh, you know get some kind of an injury, reschedule the fight for September for for the Independence Day. Forget Cinco de Mayo, right? <laughs> now you got Independence Day in September, right? And uh, and, and he he makes him wait, you know, uh, another four months on top of that, and then all of a sudden it becomes a year between fights, you know. So uh, man, you you might have just you might have just, just landed on something, Sal. I know you watch. This is signed, sealed, but it's not delivered. You got two out of three. It's signed, it's sealed, but let's see the delivery. And like I said, a lot of things could happen in a training camp. Uh, and uh, it only takes a, a slight tear of a muscle, uh, a broken uh, hand, uh, uh, a shin splint, a knee, or a stress fracture. Who knows? Who knows? So... We are we are anticipating a single de mile fight, but a lot can happen in between. And yes, it would be in Canelo's favor to say, "Hey, we got to postpone a couple months. I, uh, I have a shin splint, or I have uh, a stress fracture, or I have, uh, I, you know, whatever it may be." But, I got to uh, rearrange sure. my sock. Hey, Canelo's going to say, "Hey, sorry, I got to postpone. I got to rearrange my sock drawer on single de mile." And uh, I really, I, I, you know, because just don't forget, us Mexican fighters don't F around and uh, all of this <laughs> stuff, you know. Ever since he said that, all he's done is F around, you know. So I, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's uh, a fighter that I, I couldn't wait to see fight. And he's evolved into a fighter that I, makes me sick that he tries to, to, to rip a page out of uh, you-know-who's book. But uh, anyway, I'm going to take a short uh, break. My official... Early prediction for this fight is uh, going to come up as soon as I get from break. So I'm going to ask you for yours, too. So uh, I bet you uh, are. Make sure you uh, have an answer. We'll be back in two. Okay. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, before we uh, give you our uh, early Triple G Canelo rematch predictions, because I'm having a hard time. I go back and forth with this. But I want to give a shout-out to my man Kenny, who's listening from the bar from Barbados, Sal. You know, I, I love I love uh, seeing where all the viewers and listeners are, and uh, he's got his feet up on his desk right now in Barbados, and uh, he's. Well, I wish I was in Barbados right now. Well, why can't we 
Sal, I want to do this tour. I want to go to all these great places. You, you got, you got to make it happen. Well, go sell, go sell we, some we more pizzas. Go to UK. I know we got to go to UK. You got to sell more pizzas so we can do it. I got to do that. Maybe we'll do that, and we got to go to Italy. We could do a nice broadcast. Yeah, um, well, I'd come back weighing fifty pounds more. But uh, anyway, Sal, what's your official early prediction? Triple G Canelo rematch uh, on Cinco de Mayo. I see, well, you know, the heart and the head, they, they're, they're too different right now. Uh, but I do see a fight where these guys are going to not mess around, where they're going to get down to business. Oh, you mean like Mexican fighters? Because, you know, they don't have around. <laughs> That's where I got it. Where do you think I got it from? So I think, I think they're going to be uh, doing what they say they're going to do. And I think they're going to have a, a great, great fight. I really do see the fight starting off with a lot of sizzle, and I do see it heating up in the middle rounds. I do see a dominance being established by Triple G after the fifth round, and I do see a late stoppage that I see Triple G winning by a knockout. My, you know, I'm 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 on the fence, honestly, because I am a fan of both fighters. And yeah. I enjoy watching Canelo. I enjoy watching Canelo fight when they let him fight. And I think that his choice of path prior to the Triple G fight has hurt him. Meaning that if he would have continued on his choice of path prior to the Triple G, uh, you know, like the way he was going prior to the Mayweather fight, I think that he would have gotten better and better and better and tightened up some of the the, the loose uh, the loose ends. His inability to to hit. Now here's a guy who likes to box. He likes to say he's a boxer. Um, he it was evident about that in the first fight when he got on his bicycle. The problem is is that Canelo has one, and I've said this a million times, Sal. Canelo has one major deficiency. And when you look throughout the history of fighters who were able to box on their toes, they were all able to land significant blows while moving. Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, and even Floyd Mayweather, even though I criticize Floyd for, uh, for moving too far out of harm's way, uh, where he's not uh, you know, in a position to inflict damage, um, he he did, and and I guess still does to a degree, have the ability to land a significant scoring punch while on the retreat or while moving side to side, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Canelo can't do it. Canelo um, is a technically sound fighter. His defense yeah. is technically sound. He delivers his punches technically sound. Uh, if you looked up, you know, how to deliver a punch, how to stand, how to do these things, you would see Canelo. And, and he's very solid there. But the one big weakness he has is that he has to plant his feet in order to land a significant blow. And Floyd saw that. And that's the reason why Floyd fought him when he did. And the end result was every time Floyd landed a shot, he would pivot at it away, far away, and Canelo couldn't throw a punch back because he needed to plant those feet. He did the same thing against Triple G when he fought Triple G, and he's going to do the same thing again. The burden is on Triple G. 
I predict Triple G will win this fight, and I predict he's going to win by a stoppage. This time, he's going to work the body, and he's going to go for the knockout. This is Triple G's last fight, win, lose, or draw, and I think he's going to fight accordingly. I I'm picking Triple G in, in, a, in another uh, really good fight. I, I think it's going to be a good fight, and this one we'll be talking about for years to come. That's my opinion. I like it. No, that's uh, that's similar to what I can see happening. And uh, I think you hit some key points right on the head. And and uh, Canelo Alvarez, not to discredit him, but of course, you know, we, we do see that. I mean, there are great boxers who can hit on the run while they're moving laterally, while they're going back and forth. And uh, even Roberto Duran, who was a good, devastating puncher, but he was a good boxer as well. And he could deliver good blows while he was still moving and avoiding punches and slipping this and that. I think Canelo Alvarez uh, has had years to work on that. Uh, maybe that's just not part of his makeup or his his style. Uh, but at this point, we know it's not really part of his style. But when he does get the opportunity to plant those feet and when he does get the opportunity to exchange blows, he is very effective. So as you suggested, Triple G has got to get on with his style and uh, not show Canelo Alvarez as much respect. Uh, he's got to be more dominant in cutting off the ring, and he's got to be able to throw more body shots and just worry about landing the target and landing a, a, the blows on the target. And you know what? You kill the body, the head will die, and then and, uh, it'll happen. So I, that's why I do see a similar depiction of what you just uh, outlined very brilliantly. Oh, thank you. You know, thank not you not only that, yeah. but uh, I, too, once killed a bird with two stones. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I love Rob Riddle. You know, you know my I, lo thing. I love I Rob, Rob whole, Riddle. I when, once killed the whole flock with a rock. I, I, lo I love Rob Riggle when he says that, uh, you know, when he's doing that most interesting guy uh, commercial. He says, he once killed a bird with two stones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But uh, anyway. Um Triple G Canelo rematch officially official? Well, Amir Khan's opponent was officially announced yesterday, too. Uh, Amir Khan, who's sitting on a record of 31 wins, four losses with 19 of his wins coming by knockout, will be facing Phil LaGreco, uh, who's 28-3 with 15 knockouts when he returns to the ring April 21st. Um, you know, I... I, I, I I yeah 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 yeah. I think that now you're singing. I yeah yeah yeah. I am the um, bandito. No, I uh, think that uh, uh, this is a good opponent for Amir Khan in his first fight uh, back. Remember, his last fight uh, was uh, you know uh, when he got knocked out brutally by Canelo. We after, we've been talking about Canelo against Triple G, but Amir Khan's last fight was uh, he was brutally knocked out uh, by Canelo. Now, granted, Canelo's way bigger and stronger, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, people will, you know, always tell you that Khan's weakness was his chin. But uh, but I like this. Phil LaGreco is a tough uh, fighter. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, of his three losses, he was only stopped once. And uh, uh, I think that uh, I, I think Phil LaGreco is going to uh, let us see uh, where Amir Khan is and whether he's going to be able to uh, get back to that uh, upper echelon uh, level of fighters that he's uh, fought. Well, what do you think? Well, uh, for some reason, uh, I, I really don't think too much of Amir Khan. And uh, I don't know if it could because it reminds me of a certain female politician in government. Um, 
his name. But I think that, uh, uh, with that being said, I think that Go Mir ahead, Khan, say it. Say it. Uh -huh. You've been dying to say it. You've been dying to say it. You've been dying to say it. Yeah, every day, boys and girls, every day after the show and before, he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Say it. Go ahead. Who, who, uh, I picture a, a politician. Yeah. Is there, does their initials begin with Hillary Clinton? I didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't oh, say it. God. I did not say it. <laughs> I just said Amir Khan. That's that's the guy's name, right? And that's why <laughs> I think Amir Khan's best days were behind him. So, so in other words, you spell Amir Khan's name A M E R E C O N. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, okay, that's pathetic. Okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you. But uh, you know, I, I've I, I've I, I've never had a problem with uh, Amir Khan. The the Amir Khan spelled A M I R K H A N. Uh, I, I you know I, I like him. I um, you know he is a big draw, and I do think despite Phil LaGreco, uh, you know, uh, not doing so well in his last uh, half a dozen fights or so, uh, I, I still think this is a good test for uh, for Amir Khan, and, and we'll see what happens after that. I mean, he's he's lobbying for a big money fight. Uh, they keep talking about Pacquiao. I don't know why Pacquiao is even still in the oh, discussion. Why is Pacquiao even in the mix? Uh, I, mean, I mean, he, he shouldn't come be. Come on. He shouldn't be. I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is. Manny Pacquiao is the first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, was, uh, you know, really an all. He's one of the greatest fighters ever. He's an all-time yes. great. That Nobody could take it away from him. Um, but his days are over. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Pacquiao fan, but his days are over, you know. So uh, we'll see what... Uh, uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, uh, in any event, hey, did you catch this uh, Samson boxing, Samson Lukowicz, which, by the way, he's he's one of the best guys, uh, you know, in, in the sport. I mean, he's a nice guy. I've met him several times when I was doing some events up in uh, Canada, and this guy, Samson Lukowicz, has the biggest uh, gold boxing glove chain necklace that I've ever seen. He was my inspiration for five golden boxing glove chains, you know, in our uh, Christmas tune. Um, yeah, he, uh, he, it was announced yesterday that he signed uh, Sebastian Fundora. Sebastian Fundora is a uh, junior middleweight. He's 20 years old. He's uh, out of California. He was born in Florida. Uh, he's a Southpaw. He's 8 and 0 with four knockouts. But guess what the big thing about him is? What? He's six foot seven. What? He's six foot seven. Well, according to BoxRec, he's six foot six. But um, wow. even so, six foot six, six foot seven, a junior middleweight that big. We're talking. We're talking Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua size. Um, what's your thoughts on a guy that big for that division? And what's his record? Well, he's a young kid. He's only twenty years old. He's he's right now. He's uh, uh, he's uh, eight and zero with four knockouts. Well, I'll tell you what. I I don't think he's really faced a, a good puncher who uh, is going to slip his uh, his long arms and uh, break him up inside because that's all it's going to take. I think from a young fighter, a young I mean a a, a good puncher who can do that. But because uh, I'll tell you why, that's that's a that's a tall fighter, man, for that weight class, and uh, he's gonna come against a puncher one day when they uh, when 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 uh, 
I don't know. They're going to break him in half. I think that's a. I think he's got to put some meat on him. Now you, know, you see, I say that about Deontay Wilder. I say Deontay <laughs> Wilder is six foot seven, and he weighs two hundred and twenty pounds, and he's too skinny to to battle the two hundred and forty plus or two hundred fifty plus uh, six foot six, six foot seven heavyweights that are out there. And you, Mr. Senecola, have said to me on this show, well, I think you underestimate the body of uh, Deontay Wilder. I think he could take a shot, blah, blah, blah. So now, why is Sebastian Fundora susceptible to a body attack? And I'm not, I'm not disputing that because I agree with you. But, but why is he susceptible to a body attack and your boy Deontay Wilder is not? Well, when you get to the heavyweights, first of all, they're well over 200 pounds. Second of all, they're they're mostly uh, within a half foot of each other uh, as far as their size, and uh, they're they're being tall tall on the same level. Uh, but when you're looking at a 154 pounder who is six foot seven, come on, you're talking about a 154 pounder at six foot seven. I mean, I, I've, I've wrestled against guys like that. I've fought against guys like that. And, I mean, no, I, you I didn't. welcome fights. No, I you didn't. I welcome wrestling guys like that. There were no – come on. Who are you trying to kid? There were nobody – That's six foot seven. Was, that's exactly. Exactly. All right. When I fought Sean Doyle from – he was from Ireland. He was like a three-time Dublin European champ, whatever the heck. What, drinking? That guy was six foot two, 125 pounds. What, was he and a drinker? I, Huh? Was he, he was he was from Ireland, so he must have been a beer drinker, right? Well, I don't know what he was, but I know he was a legend, and I know he was a great, great uh, hero to to Ireland. And and I that was my first international boxing bout when I was with the USA team, and and I fought against Sean Doyle. And Sean Doyle, I mean, when I looked at Sean Doyle at the weights, I said, "Are you kidding me? This guy's weighing 125 pounds. He's six foot two. And I said, "I see a great body target." And uh, and believe me, at the time he had maybe 240 fights, and and I had maybe uh, 29 or 30. And and this guy, I said, well, I, I I wasn't intimidated. I welcomed that tall body. I looked at him, and I dropped him two or three times, and I won the fight. Listen, because I banged uh, the body. This guy, this guy, Sebastian Fundora, um, uh, Samson Lukowitz from Samson Boxing says that. Nobody's going to be able to beat him, that he's got a pop, he's got some pop, uh, that he's uh, much too big for everybody. But, you know, he is a southpaw. Um, the, the thing about a guy this tall for this weight class, I mean, this is a guy, think of Tommy Hearns, but what, another another four inches taller than Tommy Hearns? Well, not only that, but Tommy Hearns, uh, you just said, uh, was a, a tall, thin fighter, but he had the leverage, he had the quickness, he had the delivering uh, ability of, of sitting down on punches and, and throwing them with devastating power. Just ask Roberto Duran. But uh, uh, I'll tell you what, I, I I can't really make an opinion of this fighter until I see him. And no. you know what? I want to see what he could do. I want to see how he moves. I want to see what he deli- how he delivers his punches and what his defense looks like. So for me to just make that blanket statement is a little unjust and I don't want to be uh, be one to, to say that without really looking at this fighter to see what he's comprised of and what his style's all about. Well, so, all, uh, all I know about this guy 
is it's that freakish. He's, he's six, yeah, he's six foot six, according to Boxrec, or six foot seven. Let's say he's six foot six and a half. Wow. He's a southpaw. He's eight and zero with four knockouts. When you look at his uh, uh, eight fights, he started his pro career in 2016. He fought uh, a lot last year. Um, you know, he fought seven times uh, in 2017. And he fought some decent opposition for a young fighter. I don't know anything about his amateur career. But his combined record against his opponents, 38 wins. Their combined record against him, 38 wins, 45 losses, and five draws. But the 45 losses, 32 of those 45 was one guy. You know, he fought, he fought Ricardo Arce uh, in October of last year, and Arce's record was 13 and 32. Aside from that, you know, he fought wow. a five... Well, he fought a he fought a five and O guy. He fought an undefeated two and O and one and O guy. And his last he fought a five two and one guy. In his last fight, he fought eleven and six eleven six and one guy. So, um, I don't know. We'll have to keep our eye on. Well, that. and how many fights has he had? Eight. He's only okay, twenty. Well, he He's, could retire right. Hey, he could retire right now, and he could be the eighth wonder of the world at yeah, six foot well, seven hundred fifty four pounds. Maybe we should play basketball. Um, yeah. I got a couple of uh, emails. Uh, from Joel. Actually, it's uh, All one right, email. Joel. I got one email from My Joel. Man. Um, he says, uh, uh, Hey, Billy C. was announced last Friday that UFC's streaming service, uh, UFC Fight Pass, will broadcast Roy Jones Jr. retirement fight on February 8th against Scott Sigmund. I'm actually excited because I already subscribed to Fight Pass, so I'll be in tune and watch it for sure, but was completely caught off guard that the UFC Fight Pass would pick this up considering they have never had a boxing event on that platform before. Dana White has said in the past that he, or should I say the parent company that owns UFC, will be getting into boxing after the success of Mayweather McGregor, uh, the success that that fight had. So you got to wonder, is this is how he's going to get his foot in the door? Roy, Roy Jones Jr. said in a quote that he and Dana have been close friends for a while, but I feel there's more to it. What's your and Sal's uh, thoughts, please? Um, well, my thought is uh, they probably paid Roy Jones Jr. to 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 get the rights to broadcast that. That's uh, for Roy. It's all about the money. It certainly isn't True. the fight. W- what's your thoughts? No, I I agree with you one hundred percent. And I think they had to you know flash something in front of Roy and say, hey, we want to broadcast your fight, and uh, this is what we're going to give you for it. And uh, and he said, hey. Sure, it's another avenue or stream of income. Why not? Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how many people really care about. No, uh, I don't know. When, when is this going to be? Uh, April, when is this fight going to be? It's Roy's last fight, um, February eighth. I thought his last fight was uh, a while ago, but uh, interesting. Good. Um, and it. the other point that Joel wanted to make, he says, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, if you heard about Ronda Rousey showing up this past Sunday night at the WWE pay-per-views uh, Royal Rumble, I read that she signed a full-time deal with the WWE and probably be involved in a match at their biggest event in April, WrestleMania. What do you and Sal think of Rousey transitioning from MMA to WWE, and do you think it will be a successful one? Being a big fan of the WWE, I think it will go over well but she will need to work on her gimmick better. She seemed very starstruck Sunday night. Like she was walking out. term gimmick. Go ahead. Like she was walking out as a fan of the product and not as a character on the roster. Um, Maybe that was part of the shtick, Joel. You know, I I think she's going to do fine. Um, She, uh, you know, remember the fighters that have been on WWE. 
I remember one, Floyd Mayweather. But uh, anyway, he's all about MM, uh, WWE, and um, so uh, so is Ronda Rousey, in my opinion. Do you have any thoughts? No, I, I don't follow <laughs> Ronda Rousey. I don't. I don't. No, know. I got no thoughts. Yeah. Move on, Billy C. Okay, I don't so, care. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. Keep your shirt on. Sorry. Um, but listen, don't forget uh, to tune in tomorrow uh, because uh, on tomorrow's show, uh, we have a, kind of a, a unique blast from the past. Now, if you're new to this show, I know we're, we're constantly picking up new viewers and listeners. Um, the Blast from the Past is one of our oldest segments, and I am proud to say that we are in our 15th year uh, doing this show. We've come a long way in 15 years from... Uh, uh, starting out doing a once a week one hour show to a, a daily show so uh, i'm i'm proud of our product um but uh uh tomorrow uh, we have a unique blast from the past it's a re- we had a request from one of you guys and if you're new to the show our blast from the past is we take uh, fighters from yesteryear and we uh, you know break down their career and give you a little historical uh view of that fighter but tomorrow we're going to be doing it on a venue our blast from the past, um, it will be uh, being done on the Blue Horizon, uh, a uh, the famous uh, uh, fight venue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So you don't want to miss that. And uh, in case you missed our uh, a new segment that we launched uh, a week or so ago, uh, Billy C's Magic Boxing Box, or B- Billy C's Magic, what is it, Billy C's? Boxing Machine. Yeah, but Magic, Magic Boxing Box Machine. Machine. Uh, we put uh, Roberto Duran uh, up against Julio Cesar Chavez as lightweights. And uh, we've gotten some suggestions and, and requests uh, for our next one. We will announce the next one uh, next week or maybe even the end of this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And if you have a request for a blast from the past or uh, from Billy C's uh, magic uh, boxing machine uh, segment, uh, just drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. On this day in boxing history, Sal, January 30th in 1984, and I love this nickname. Whatever happened to these kinds of nicknames? Charlie Choo Choo Brown wins a 15-round decision over Melvin Paul uh, to win the newly created IBF World Lightweight title. And that took place in Atlantic City, New Jersey, on this day in 1984. On this day in 1923, one of the best middleweights of all time. And you can make an argument that this guy would have beaten the snot out of all the middleweights uh, that have come after him. Uh, On this day in 1923, Harry Greb uh, wins a 15-round decision over Tommy Loughran to win the... uh, Uh, American light heavyweight title at Madison Square Garden in New York City. It was reported that Loughran won the first and third rounds easily, but Harry Greb battered him for the next nine. Despite uh, doing well in the final three rounds, Loughran could not stop Greg Greb. Uh, And finally, on this day, January 30th in 1982, Arturo Freas, wins a nine-round technical decision over Ernesto Espana to retain his WBA World Lightweight title, and that took place at the Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles, California. Um, drop me an email. Let me know what you think about the uh, Triple G Canelo rematch. I know it's early, 
But uh, you got some thoughts about the fight and how do you see it going? And um, we'll read them on air tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll have plenty of time since it's, you know, five months away uh, to uh, uh, fine-tune your thoughts on that. So, uh, hey, listen, uh, that concludes our show for today. But I want you to make sure that you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.